You're listening to The Donna Drake Show. Join us weekly as Donna talks with celebrity entertainers, sports legends, top journalists, business moguls, and everyday heroes sharing their stories of triumph, inspiration, and perseverance. Hosted by international award-winning creative artist, writer, producer, actor, and influencer, Donna Drake. All right, let's live it up with Donna Drake. With us now is Susan Anton. Welcome to the show. How are you? I'm doing so well. As you said, coast to coast, host to host. Yeah, exactly. That could be our a new show that we could do, right? Coast to Why coast, <laughs> host to host. I love it. I absolutely love it. Susan, you are known for uh, just so many extraordinary things in your journey. You know, roll after roll. I'm just, you know, I was like, okay, Cannonball Run 2, and she did this, and she did that, and she did Baywatch, and on and on and on and on. But now what's so exciting is that you are hosting your own talk show. And you're featuring idols, just like yourself, well, actually. Idols on idols, almost. Well, you know, it, well, thank you. Uh, it, it's really a fun, it's a nostalgia show that is reuniting all of these classic casts, musical groups, um, movie casts from uh, the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s. Maybe we'll even get into the 90s, you know, we're moving along so quickly in time now. Um, our first episode aired uh, last Sunday, just yesterday, and it was uh, Leave It to Beaver, which was so incredibly fun to see Tony Dow and Jerry Mathers and uh, Stephen Talbert, who played Gilbert. So we have a whole host of wonderful, iconic uh, casts, people that we've all spent a lot of time with. Now, I just want to ask, because you've been in the industry for a little while and, um, <laughs> you know, you're out on the West Coast and things. Had you known some of them personally before they came on your show? Yeah, actually, the majority of like the entire cast of The Love Boat. I was fortunate enough to be a member of the cast when The Love Boat went to China, which was a very big deal back in the day because the United States had severed all cultural relationships with China. And so uh, The Love Boat went to China and I got to play Bernie Capel's love interest. Uh, so it was wonderful to be reunited with them and to uh, share some memories of that extraordinary trip. You all shot an incredible 250 episodes. But of course, my favorite was the, the two-hour cruise. Not two-hour cruise, <laughs> two-hour episode. In China. In China. Mm -hmm. In China. And uh, because, A, I got to be Bernie's love interest. And I had a very disease, which he saved me. Uh, Lauren, your character, Julie, was featured on a trip to Australia. I have a scar from Elizabeth the koala bear. Oh, yeah. Uh -oh. Um, yeah, you're not supposed to touch their stomachs. Stay away from their belly. Stay away, honey. I loved The Love Boat. I mean, it was like must watch for me because when I grew up, you had to be home. It was an appointment TV, right? If you wanted to see Fantasy Island, yep. if you wanted to see The Love Boat, if you wanted to see any of those shows, you had to be home at a certain time. You know, yep. maybe you'd have a TV dinner in front of you where you'd actually like, peel off the foil to have the little things in the compartments. But that was really the experience of what television was then. So well, how Donna, much so, are you having so fun? That. You know, because that's exactly when people uh, ask the why people are so tuned into nostalgia now, why it's become so popular. And I think it is that 
I think it is we didn't have the ability to just record it and see it whenever, and we were ho hum casual. It was an event in our in our our homes, and we would I would get the TV guide. It would come in the mail, and I remember paging through it and circling all of the shows I wanted to be sure to see, and I'd get so excited knowing that Thursday night at eight o'clock. It was Leave It to Beaver, like you said, Fantasy Island or Charlie's Angels or all of them. You know, they, they were really must-see TV because absolutely. if you missed it, you missed it. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And even sometimes, you know, popcorn that you would shake on the stove and it would Oh, my gosh, up. yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm giving away all of our little secrets. But, um, yeah, that was television then, and this is television now. And it's wonderful that you're blending both. You're using new technology, just like I am here today where we're uh, Skyping in together. But you're... I guess celebrating a whole new generation of television watchers by respecting and honoring the makers of television. I mean, so yeah. much fun. And a lot of these actors went on to do other extraordinary things. So oh, are you talking? Well, you know, and a very uh, eclectic, uh, diverse background too. Like Donna Mills, we had all the ladies from Knott's Landing on. And wow. they've all been Broadway and they're Tony Award winners and all kinds of things in our profession. But Donna Mills is a winemaker now. She has a vineyard in her backyard in Beverly Hills, actually. Nice. Uh, and, and it's an award-winning wine. Or Tony Dow, Wally Cleaver, is an extraordinary sculpture in bronze. Angela Cartwright from Lost in Space is a brilliant artist and clothing and jewelry designer. So they've all you know, branched into other, uh, other parts of being creatives. I loved Lost in Space. Did you not love that, too? You know, I didn't watch it as much as my husband did. I oh, was my just gosh. too old for it. I was more into the boys by then. Um, <laughs> but he, when I told him out of all the shows that we were interviewing, he was like, oh, Lost in Space, that's my favorite. Oh, yeah, so Danger, Danger, like, Will Robinson. I mean, it's just like you, you can almost, you, you know, when it comes to that um, iconic television, you know, idol TV, you can almost, like, hear the phrases, you know, so many great shows. Gilligan's Island, they're all wonderful. All great shows from that, that era. And like they you said, really you're going were. to go through decade after decade. Yeah, you know, uh, it's really fun because hopefully we're going to do a new, another season and uh, we're going to start asking everybody at home, who do you want us to reunite? Who out there? And, and Dreamcast and, and others like there's some I want I'm so happy to to see all of these people um the happy days cast for instance you know you forget uh how well, I don't think we forget but it seems like they should all be exactly as they were because we see them every day still you know yes. uh, on tv like leave it to beaver's never been off tv and like you were saying the younger audience is finding them through the like retro tv family channel uh, all the classic television channels that we now do have available to us so people can watch. I have a friend who has a 14-year-old daughter, and her absolutely favorite show is Leave it to Beaver. And it's so great because parents can allow their children to sit there and watch these shows and not be concerned about the content. They know they're going to be wholesome, wonderful shows with a good story. And so your story is called Idle Chat TV. And, right. and where can where can people find it, Susan? Okay, because this is, I figured it out myself. Okay. Because <laughs> there are so many different platforms. Uh, you can watch it on Sunday nights on Retro TV at 8 p.m., or you can watch it on the Family Channel Sunday nights at 7.30. And if that doesn't work, then the 
what I ended up doing, there's an app that you can get. It's called It's Real Good TV, and you can watch it the next day on Monday or late Sunday morning, whatever it is, early Sunday morning, and you can catch up with, uh, with the show. We did eight episodes. We just did Leave it to Beaver. Our next one this coming Sunday will be the cast of E.T., Extraterrestrial. What an extraordinary movie that changed everybody's lives. And then we've got like the iconic Pointer Sisters coming up. So it's a very diverse uh, group of people that we've been able to interview. You know, and I love that part of the movie, too, where it goes, you know, Elliot, phone home, you know, phone home. It's like so iconic. How exciting for you. What a fun thing for you to be able to host. I'm sure you're enjoying it. And acting with, I just want to touch upon, you know, because you are such a talented actress in your own right. Um, during your journey, is there one or two moments that stick out for you where you say, I'm so glad that I got to experience that? Oh, absolutely. Two very extremely different ones. I, I, like you mentioned Cannibal Run 2 at the top. And to be able to work with Burt Reynolds, oh my gosh, you yes. know, uh, <laughs> who was just as sweet off camera as he was on camera. That fun laugh of his. He was just a delicious, lovely human being. And he gathered together, you know, Frank Sinatra, Dean Martin, Sammy Davis Jr., Shirley MacLaine, Marilou Henner. I mean, the cast went on and on and on. And we were like four weeks in Arizona, just had one big party. And then on the other extreme of that, I got to do the Will Rogers Follies on Broadway. And I also got to do Hurley Burley and work with the incredible Mike Nichols. So those, those really stand out to me as um, kind of pinnacle. You hope to always make a big movie with a big movie star, and you hope to one day be on Broadway, and I've been able to do both. I love that. Um, it was such a joy for me uh, knowing that I was going to be able to interview you. I was so excited when your uh -huh. PR team like reached out to me, and they're like, that you were doing this show, and I was like, oh, how cool. Um, I got to interview uh, Marion Ross not too long ago. So when you talk about happy days, and I also was able to have Rich Little on the show, and it yeah. just, I don't know, it's so much fun. It's like just this conversation with you, I feel like you're right here in my living room. So I, well, thank you. I, you know, Marion Ross is what a little rock star. Uh, yes. And it's so cute to see her with, uh, Anson Williams and Don Most and Henry Winkler, uh, who is one of the most lovely people in the industry, let alone on the planet. And the three guys, they so adore her and Henry and Marion are even a little flirtatious with one another. It's adorable. <laughs> oh my, Mrs. C. <laughs> Mrs. C in the Fonz. Um, yep. I can't wait to tune into your show. Thank you so much. And as we said, from host to host and coast to coast, um, thank you. It's a real pleasure. And please come on again. I would love to have you on. Thank you, Don. I would love to. It's really been fun. Thank you for your time. Okay. You're welcome. Take care, Susan. Be well. Bye-bye. Ciao. Bye-bye. This is Andrea, and she is with Milan Spa. And what's so exciting is that I had an opportunity recently to go and have some treatments done. And we're going to be talking about my experience. Welcome to the show. How are you? I'm wonderful. How are you? Good. Nice to see you again. So you work with laser hair removal. Mm -hmm. Why is that important, uh, the way that you're going about it, as opposed to other ways that hair removal is done? Well, we have a very specific medical protocol. Okay. We follow um, a very strict uh, medical protocol that is aggressive but very safe for the patient. What we do is we increase that laser every single time the client comes in to ensure that we are getting rid of that hair permanently, 
and it's guaranteed for life. Many of the people that work there are also clients or had been clients. Can you tell us a little bit about your personal journey or some of the success stories that you've seen through the years? Oh, absolutely. We do get a lot of clients that were previously treated. And because there isn't a guarantee for life on that hair loss, hormones can cause the hair to come back. Okay. So at Milan, we guarantee that you will be permanently hair-free forever. And I am a client and I appreciate the medical uh, staff. I am treated by a medical professional that is highly qualified. They are um, extensively trained and they're also experts in the laser. We use a Candela Gentle Max Pro and they are certified in the laser as well. So when I was in your office, I believe I was working with Soraya. Um, so you have like nurses, you have all, all types of people there. So can you walk us through a typical experience for someone? Absolutely. So first you come in and you have a consultation with the clinic manager and the entire process is gone through from safety, pre and post care. Uh, you get uh, and gain really great knowledge on how this is going to work. And then once you select a package that is perfect for you, we send you off to our medical professionals and they then complete the treatments. They also go through extensive uh, questions and make sure that you're falling within the safety guidelines before each treatment as well. Now, is there an age requirement for someone that you treat? Do you have to be 18 years and older? It's a great question. Okay. You have to be 16 with a guardian or parent and they would have to accompany you to each treatment. But once the client turns 18, they're free to come on their own. I also discovered that you work with a lot of men and women, yes. both. Yes. Yes. Okay. So sometimes a man comes in and he's got like a huge, big, like hairy patch on his back or something like that. And you can help them. Oh, absolutely. Um, we treat men, we treat women, we treat transgender individuals. Everyone is welcome at Milan. It could be folliculitis. It could be PCOS. It could be a want or a need, and we will take care of you. At what age did you realize that you felt like you wanted to go under treatment and get oh. some help? What happened? Just uh, share us the story because everybody can relate. And that's why I wanted to have you on it in particular, not just because you're the director of Maine and here in, you know, in New York and everything, but because we, we, we talked about like the pain of being like Italian or whatever, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. So what happened for you in your journey? Oh, I could be completely transparent with yes, this please. one. Okay. Um, at a very young age. Um, I saw that I first, it probably started with my upper lip hair and being a young girl, that was very embarrassing. And I was actually called names in school and had to overcome some confidence issues because I had a lot of unwanted hair in areas it shouldn't be. Okay. So as I got older, I looked into permanent, uh, solutions to this problem. And through the years, I came across Milan. I'm not only lucky enough to represent Milan and work for Milan, but I'm also a patient. It has changed my life, my confidence, and my routine every day. And I appreciate you sharing your um, story. Is there anything else that you would want me to know, our audience to know, about your particular um, salon, spa, and why someone would choose Milan? I would choose Milan for their professionalism. We treat our clients like family. And we welcome everyone. It doesn't matter if it's a navel, if it's full face and neck, full back, or full Brazilian. Okay. We can treat everyone and get you permanently hair-free, guaranteed for life. Lovely. This morning when I was getting ready, I looked at, under my armpits and I was like, I've got to shave. But like, if you go to laser hair treatment, you might not have to shave anymore. Never. <laughs> Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you. Hey, we've been living it up right here. And if you'd like to learn more, please go to their website. 
next guest is someone that I met through the internet, and his name is Barry Mezzi. Barry, welcome to the show. How are you? Hi, Donna. How are you? Good. So I'm a host of my show, and you're a host of many things. Um, how did your journey begin, though? You weren't always in television and in media. You actually worked in sports and things like that. Yes, correct. I worked in sports marketing for about seven to eight years, uh, doing numerous deals for numerous athletes around the world. Um, I, um, I went to college at University of Miami in New York Institute of Technology. I grew up with autism spectrum disorder. I have a high-functioning Asperger syndrome. And I started a career in 2006. I'm a, nobody would hire me. Nobody at IMG, nobody at any major agency would give me a chance. So I took it on my, on my own ability to be able to create my own way. And um, I, I, uh, I was instrumental in turning around the post-career of NBA icon Tim Hardaway in 2008 by finding his foundation for him. And um, then my career just took off from there. And now I'm in the media space. I own Roku channels and, you know, and that's what we're doing now. What is the purpose of your Roku channel, Barry? What is it that you want to do with that platform? So I want to create autism awareness and give, and give opportunities to people that have autism spectrum disorder and mental illnesses by creating uh, shows and movies around uh, mental health issues and, um, and autism issues, as well as um, um, create opportunities for the minority filmmaker. So, um, uh, you know, there's there a, a whole segment of a genre out there that's not really being tapped right now and um, in that aspect. And um, I want to create, create opportunities for people that don't traditionally get those opportunities because, as you know, there's a 97% unemployment rate for those with autism. And I want to create opportunities for those with autism and mental illness to, so they can sh have their own light to shine and create their own way as well. I think that's so fantastic that you're doing that. And Barry, we've been talking now for several months back and forth. Um, you've had such an extraordinary journey. You know, your life has been sometimes very challenging for you. You've overcome a lot of things and you've had to face a lot of difficult times. And for you to be an advocate now for others that are on the spectrum, um, or that suffer from mental illness, I think is just so loving and so wonderful. And that's why I wanted to have you on. And, you know, we've kind of become more friendly over the last several months because at first I didn't understand, right? I didn't understand you. I didn't know where your humor was coming from. I um, was somewhat a little closed off to you in the beginning because I was like, oh, you know, but then once I spent more time with you, I could understand what it was that you were trying to do. And the second you yes. said to me that I'm helping people with autism and I have autism and I have Asperger's, all of a sudden it's like, ding, I'm like, okay, now, now we're on the same page of understanding. Now I have a different text by which I can um, see you with a different paradigm shift in a different light, you know, because sometimes I would look at your content and I'd be like, Barry, I'm like, that has nothing to do with my show. We don't curse. We don't do this. We don't do that or whatever. And then um, my heart warmed up to you because now I understand what you're doing. You're doing one particular project as a shock jock, right? In a Howard Sternish kind of fashion and other projects have a different tone to them. Am I correct? 
Correct. Okay. And I'm very excited to announce the launch of our sports channel, which is going to launch called ODTV on Tuesday, which is going to create all sorts of sports content around the world. And we are set to hopefully have, listen to this, Cam Newton, while he was in high school, um, um, at at the OD Bowl airing on, on, on our channel. So um, at the offensive on our channel, so NFL superstar Cam Newton before he was famous, and many other superstars to appear as well before they were famous, and 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 this network is meant for people of all ages. So it's a wonderful network. It's a sports network. We're creating sports educational programming, all sorts of stuff related to that, and. Um, I'm just really enthusiastic and excited about what we're doing. And, um, you know, I just really look forward to the future. I, I, I do want to give a shout-out, if I can. Of course. To who, who helped make me. Um, um, uh, three particular people. Okay. There's Matt Whittier of Offense Defense uh, Sports Camps, who's my partner. There's Niall Henson, the pioneer of cable TV. Yes. And... On MTV, who, who's my advisory, and then I have Elisa Jordana of the podcast Kermit and Friends on YouTube. She was a former writer for the Howard Stern Show, and she was in the band Cobra Starship, and she's the reason why I'm at where I am right now with with everything I'm doing, because she gave me my start um, in the entertainment industry, and along with Niall, and without the two of them, I would not be where I am today. So I want to say thank you, Elisa, and thank you, Niall, from the bottom of my heart. I care about you two very much. So thank you so much. And uh, stay well and stay safe. Go, Barry. Bye, my friend. Bye-bye. Thank you so much. Be well, Barry. Now is Brad Benedict. Welcome to the show, Brad. How are you? Doing well. Thank you guys for having me. And uh, yeah, happy to be here. Happy Monday. It's my birthday. So I was just day. going to say that we are recording this today, which is September the 13th of 2021. And it is your birthday, Brad. So happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Brad, from the cast and crew of the Donna Drake Show. Happy birthday to you and many more. Yay. Are you one? Yeah. Are you too? I, uh, I had my friends, uh, my friends had a little gathering for me this weekend. I went to Joshua Tree with my girlfriend and we spent a couple of days in a little Airbnb. So it's been, it's, uh, been a good way to start. Lovely. So you grew up just outside of Atlanta. Uh, do you yeah. get down to the, that area, uh, frequently at all? Do you still go visit? Yeah, I, I have, I definitely have a, an, a desire to go back to the East Coast someday. I feel home pulling me back. I was the youngest of four kids, and my parents are still there. So my whole family's back in Georgia, and I've been lucky enough since 2016. Pretty much all of my work has been in Atlanta. So I'm out here in L.A., got friends in the business, and then I get to go home and work and, and see my family, uh, a, a ton of them, really, since 2016. So it's been a blessing. 
I've worked with a couple of studios down in Atlanta. They have, um, you know, Tyler Perry has his studio, the Aru Brothers Studios. Atlanta is also a hotspot for a lot of production that's happening. And a lot of OTT networks are down there. Definitely. Yeah, I think right about the time that I moved out to L.A., and started getting into the entertainment business, Atlanta really started to boom in the past five, six years with the tax credits they have there. It's just blown up. And you mentioned Tyler Perry. So that's my boss. And uh, I was lucky enough, basically since the first production that he had at Fort McPherson, which is now Tyler Perry Studios, um, I was on a show too close to home and and we kind of kicked things off. And so to see that studio grow 330 acres, I believe, uh, you got hills and rivers and lakes and lots of snakes at the back lot. And now he's got the studios. It's uh, It's been really cool. And actually, my granddad in the 1970s, I believe, he was a general in the Army. And he lived two houses down from where Tyler put me up during the wow. filming of three. So just kind of a cool coincidence. That's, that's beyond cool. That's super mm-hmm. cool. It's easy, you know, going down to Atlanta, like everything's peach tree. Peach tree, this street, peach tree, that street, peach tree, that street. But now when I saw the Tyler in front of the big street sign that said, you know, Tyler Perry Studios exit, I was like, wow. You know, and he yeah. didn't have it so easy growing up either, Tyler Perry. You know, he's no. kind of a self-made person. Definitely. It's ex- and he's excited about that. I remember the day that they changed that we were actually shooting when they changed the exit sign and he was pumped. I mean, he, he actually was sending... Uh, like text messages with the with it, so he still gets pumped, and yeah, he came from humble beginnings, and that's one of my favorite things. I get to learn from him, and and he's taught me how to be a harder worker. I had a funny experience with his older studio, which is now um, Aru Brothers Studios, and that is like Madeira, like the little town where they have all the different houses. I was down there, and I was walking on the uh, lot, and I opened up the mailbox, and there was still a prop letter. No and way. Yeah. And instead of keeping it and selling it on eBay, which I could have probably made a lot of money with, um, I just gave it to the studio owners and I said, Hey, you know, this is a treasure. Uh, you know, you might, you might want to hold on to this. So, uh, but if you see it listed on eBay, let me know because I'm the person that found it. Right. So, anyway, <laughs> but you know, it's your, it's your birthday. And I found that we have something else in common. And that is my high school musical was Ah, Bye Bye Birdie. There you go. Yes. yes. <laughs> first, my first ever true acting experience where we actually rehearsed and, and it wasn't just me in my house, you know, putting on a show for my family or something uh, was Bye Bye Birdie in, in high school, which is you told me uh, before we got started here that you were also in that show. So I was. I'm like, kids, what the matter with kids today? And that was also the song. Um, Can you tell me about Hugo and Kim? Da da. <laughs> <laughs> I had uh, put on a happy face and spread sunshine all over the place. Just put on a happy, put on, put on a happy, put on a happy face. But on, but on, yeah. <laughs> my dad's ladder, um, Brad. My dad. They made us paint our ladders as part of the props and bright yellow. So my father, to this day. Um, at 1875 Violet Drive, where I grew up, in his basement is still that wooden ladder that we painted for Bye Bye Birdie. And, uh, you know, that's what the essence of theater is all about, right? Is like putting on a show or working on with an ensemble cast. You know, what do you like best about your position now and the projects that you're working on in terms of your cast? 
yeah, definitely a part of an ensemble cast. I think we have 15 or 16 regulars on, on the Oval, the, the show that I'm working on right now. And, um, but it's great. I mean, at this, it would be amazing to be the guy leading the show, but to have everybody around and you can kind of rely on your scene partners and, um, we shoot super fast. So if, if I was in every scene of every episode, I don't know if I would even make it. I mean, we're shooting these episodes, 22 of them in about two or three weeks, maybe four. And uh, typically that could be a six month commitment. So we're in there and you just got to be ready every day. But, um, yeah, I'm just, I'm grateful to be a part of it. You know, everybody so far, we're three seasons into shooting and everybody's gotten along really well. Um, I've made some really close friends and, and as an actor, you're just lucky when you're working, you know, I, I still struggle to this day. I've had one of the best years of my life and I was on the road a lot. I shot two months in the Bahamas and a couple months uh, with Tyler in Atlanta yet still, when I have a few weeks that I'm just sitting still, I start to lose my mind and overthink life way too much. So I just love being busy and, and, uh, making something that's fun. Our show is not serious. It's not, you know, we're not trying to make any statements. We're just out there literally just uh trying to make some good juicy drama that everybody can just have fun and, and we're over the top and uh it's wild and, and i think that's necessary uh today we, that, not everything has to be so serious you know no not at all how do you best prepare uh like from the moment that you get the script do you like print your script out do you study on an ipad what's your process like yeah, I think getting away from screens in any way you can is valuable. So I definitely am a hard copy kind of guy. Um, but I think one of the big things that I always kind of remember from one of my first acting teachers out here is, is she would say, if you shrink all the words on a page, there's about 92% of the page is white space and about 8% is actually the words. So for me, um, one of the biggest pieces before I actually get on set is really thinking out that white space. So the thoughts of the character, what's going on, the subtext and, and just creating that life. Um, and especially with Tyler Perry, he's eager for you to, to bring something and to liven it up. And yeah, basically any weird, crazy choice I've ever made. I think there's only been one time when he was like, eh, let's scale that back a little bit. Um, so yeah, the, the character Kyle, he's, he's sort of in my blood now. And I know his, his backstory, which I keep building. But I'm really trying to fill up that white space and, and make it fun and see what's happening behind the words. That is such excellent advice, you know, especially for any anyone that's doing acting, whether it's an independent film or whether it's somebody's own web series or anything at all. And that's really the first time in all the years that I've been in the industry as an actress and also as a television host that it's between, you know, the lines that also matters, yeah. right? That One also matters. One, one other just kind of thing that you can maybe see and wrap your head around a little bit better. We would do this exercise and uh, you would put five dots on a page and you'd ask your, your students, maybe if you're in a class or whatever, what do you see? Uh, I don't know, five dots. Then you connect those dots and all of a sudden you have a house. Oh, OK. So trying to think of the words like the dots and then all of the thoughts that I have in my head are the lines to connect that picture and tell the story. So it's a simple kind of anecdotal type thing, but uh, I think that it can, sometimes when you simplify things, it can allow people to be more free so that you get these more complex layered uh, performances because you're not trying to think how to do it right. You're just trying to be a human, you know, trying to be actual, a real person out there. And speaking of real people, um, what is your favorite go-to flavor for birthday cake? Are you like German chocolate? Are you like uh, chocolate cake with white icing? What's your favorite? Are you a tutti-frutti kind of guy? Like what kind of cake do you like? 
nitty gritty fun. We can get down with a little bit of everything. Though I, I'm notorious eight questions where anybody says, what's your favorite? And my girlfriend would laugh at me and my friends would because they know, like, I hate to be pinned down. But it's, it's a weakness. So I'm going to give you one. Okay. Um, I would go with um, I would go with ice cream cake. So it, it can be whatever flavor. It doesn't really matter. But uh, growing up, I always loved an ice cream cake or a big cookie cake. That that was another one. The ones you get at the mall. And, and oh yeah, oh, where the they pipe thing. the chocolate icing with your name on it. Give me a exactly. capital B. Give me an R. Give me an A. D. What's yeah. the spell? Bread. Yeah, those are fun childhood memories. Um, so into infinity and beyond. I'm sure somewhere along the years, you must have gotten a Buzz Lightyear or something fun. I was going to say Toy Story, that that, that one's uh, I'm connected to. I think I've had a couple cakes where they my family printed my face on, on like an actual picture on the cake. And uh, there's definitely something shark oriented because I'm like a, a crazy shark lover. So I was just going to ask fun. you about that before we wrap. Tell me about that. You you actually were like, you know, swimming with the sharks. I, I was. Yeah. Right now on Discovery Plus, if you guys want to go check it out, I did the first ever series for Shark Week this past year. I lived on a boat in the Bahamas for November and December. And um, while it was fun and fascinating, I really do have this desire to be a part of the conservation effort. Um, if you ask me what my kind of charitable contribution would be, it would be shark education. And and people don't realize that that's helping the humans because you got a top apex predator that's being decimated. We've lost like 80 to 90% of our sharks to finning and longlining. And wow. if you lose the top predator, it goes down, down, down the food chain. And even as far as the phytoplankton, which produce half of the oxygen that humans breathe. Um, so it's just a misunderstood creature. I'm fascinated by the ocean. And so I, yeah, I was on a show called Shark Academy and we spent six weeks uh, learning all about how to be a shark researcher, fighting to be um, the next kind of crew member on, on this famous shark researcher's boat. And through that process, I realized how important it is to be a part of the conservation effort. And so that's just uh, something that excites me every day. Whenever you want to talk about it, I'm ready to talk about that. And hopefully I can make a, an impact somehow. All things matter, great and small, even bumblebees right? So thank you so much for joining us. Uh, and happy birthday, truly happy birthday. A wonderful birthday treat. And I'm I'm glad we got linked up and I'm going to go, I'm going to go find a cookie cake now. I love that. And I hope someday maybe we could do a a scene together or something. I would love to, you know, do something together. So if a creative project comes your way and you think, you know, I could be cast with you in something, I would love to do it. Even a party scene. I can dance. Can you dance? Woo! Let me see your moves. Woo! We got some moves. Woo! Brad, dancing the birthday dance. Um, Thanks, my friend. Happiness to you, always. Thank you so much. We'll make it happen. Okay, be well. Bye-bye, my friend. Bye-bye. With us now is Elizabeth, and I have been married three times. Uh, maybe going on my fourth, I don't know, but I've been a bridesmaid several times. And with us now is the founder of a wonderful company called Here Comes the Bridesmaid. Elizabeth, welcome to the show. How are you? Very well, thank you. So you've been in the bridal business for a long time. What made you decide to start this company, Here Comes the Bridesmaid? Well, we started out in the city, in New York City, and um, I had been in the garment business working on 7th Avenue, and I had a friend approach me and say, would you like to open a store? And I said, yes, but not your typical sportswear, you know, average compete with big department stores. 
And so we decided to do bridesmaids. Okay. So it was a very niche business, and that's how it started. And bridesmaids traditionally have always had that, like, uh, you know, oh, you know, especially always the bridesmaids, yeah. never a bride. Mm-hmm. Like the dresses yeah. were just like really yes. ugly, yes. right? But you have completely changed that now for a bridesmaid. Yes, yes, it's it's something now that you know they actually look forward to coming in and trying on. Um, we try to make it a fun process because it's supposed to be fun, um, and it's a little bit complicated because you have so many choices. But in the end, it's become something that it went from oh my gosh, I can't find anything. Uh, when my best friend got married, she had to have the dresses made. Okay, you know that that long ago, and, <laughs> and so. But now you have so many choices, and it's so figure friendly. Um, different colors, fabrics. Now it's really changed a lot. Now your stores by appointment only or online. Right. Okay. Right. So when someone makes an appointment with you, what can they expect? They can expect to come in. We have, we try to do a little beforehand, you know, exploratory, you know, when, when is your wedding? How many bridesmaids do you have? Where is it? When they come in, we start, we try to focus on what colors are you thinking of? What fabrics do you like? Um, do you want to do one dress in one color or do you want to do one color and offer your bridesmaids maybe a different choice in the style? And we start out that way. They generally come in and get their feet wet you know, the brides. And maybe they'll bring a maid of honor. Uh, maybe they'll bring two of their, you know, bridesmaids. And we select styles. And then we generally like them to go home and, and sort of sleep on it. Okay. Because it's got to be something that you visualize and really have um, your whole planning, um, you know, fit in. Okay. Now let's take a look at this stunning dress. So welcome. How are you? Great. Well, this is Gianna. Gianna is wearing an Adriana Papel dress known for their beautiful beading. Um, it's something that is, um, it's in bridal silver, the color. It's something that you can obviously wear again and again. It's a great formal dress. Uh, Adriana Papel is one of our top designers. Um, something that even mothers of the bride wear. So as much as it nice. fits into the, yes, the bridal party. Yeah. Um, it's something that mothers of the bride wear, or we even get, you know, evening. And could you just turn for us? I wanted to see the back and all the detail. Oh, that's so lovely. Very nice. Thank you very much. Oh, I really like that dress. Really nice. And in addition to bridesmaids dresses, Mm -hmm. you do carry other dresses that the bride could wear for either their engagement party or a shower or something like that or on their honeymoon. Right. Again, whether it's mother of the bride or a destination wedding, um, a second wedding, you know, this is Long Island. We do a lot of beach weddings and, you know, it's always, you know, great for that, you know, those kinds of dresses. What's the most interesting story you've ever heard in your industry? That Gosh, just like still sticks so with you today. Many, so many. I've been in situations where, you know, one of the bridesmaids got caught on a business trip in Europe, had to come back and she got a limo for me to, you know, bring her the dress and she picked it up and like, you know, got on the plane and, you know, lots of um, different stories that, you know, people are, you know, living life and, you know, you have to just sort of roll with it. Um, I had one bride who picked out all her dresses and then she had a very important part of her wedding as, you know, one of her pets, her dog was in it. Oh. So I have a friend who's a theatrical designer and she made a little dress that matched. Nice. Dog. So there's lots of funny, you know, different things that happen. And what about red carpet moments? You know, I'm in the industry. I'm always doing celebrity yeah. events. Uh, do you also work with them as well? Uh, absolutely. I mean, 
clearly Adriana Papel is, you know, known for red carpet. Um, we also have a designer called Haley Page, and I think they've gotten some press as red carpet. So, yes, we do a lot of that. And, we, you know, we get some prom business. Lovely. You know, you know. And here we have Gianna again. And what is uh, what dress are we going to be looking at next? This is a dress by Pia Gladys Perret. Okay, um, let's see your dress. dress. Come on, uh, come and on out. And here Gianna is in a gorgeous burgundy stretch velvet. And as I had said, you know, times have changed and things have moved on. It's velvet, but it's a stretch velvet. Okay. So it is something that is very comfortable, not like, you know, the old velvet that had to be lined and didn't move with you. Um, off the shoulder, sweetheart neckline, just a gorgeous color. And I think very versatile. I think that definitely is a red carpet look. I, I would agree. Thank you so much. Well, I thank you for being here. Um, and you have such a great domain name. I was like amazed, right? Uh, so let's, let's give out that, let's give out that domain name. It's, um, bridesmaids.com. There you go. Bridesmaids.com. Well, there you go. We hope you enjoyed this visit. And if you're getting married or you know someone that is, or you've got somewhere fabulous to go, please go to their website. This now is Joanna. And we're going to be talking about her wonderful candle line called Holorosis. Welcome to the show. How are you? Thank you for having me. How are you? Good. I enjoyed our visit on the phone so much because I learned so much. So I just want to understand what inspired you? What was the moment of inspiration to start Holorosis? So this is kind of twofolded. Okay. Um, I've always known that I wanted to be an entrepreneur and do something for myself um, and be my own boss and inspire others to do well in my company. And I was also an avid candle buyer. I used to buy every candle that you could, that I would see in front of me. Um, <laughs> and through trying to discover what I wanted to do with my life, I realized everybody buys candles. I would walk into a friend's house, family member's house, everybody buys candles. So I started doing some research into the candle industry and uh, potentially entering the market. And the things I found were alarming to me. And I decided that I wanted to create a clean formula for my candles that people could feel safe burning in their house. So did you get rid of all your other ones, the ones that look like frogs or the ones that look yeah, like I got flowers? Rid of <laughs> You're just like, that's it. There's <laughs> nothing in my out. house that's not this right now. <laughs> they're out the door. What makes your brand um, different than other uh, home fragrances and things like that? So there's a lot of controversy about what a clean candle means. Okay. A lot of uh, companies on the market are making soy candles, which is a good step, but there is controversy over whether paraffin wax is actually bad for you, if it's good for you. Um, what we do know is that it produces a lot of soot. Okay. Um, so soy wax would be the better alternative. It comes from a natural source, whereas petroleum wax comes from a petroleum, I mean, paraffin wax comes from a petroleum based product. So yeah, let me see. Cause you brought one of the dirty ones. Yeah. So let me so see like this, this thing. Would be okay. from another company that uses paraffin wax. Okay. So paraffin wax uh, leaves this like dark, dark residue. Correct. Right. Okay. So the darkness is not good because that's soot that's also you're breathing in. Correct. Okay. But what's actually important when it comes to candles and the ingredients, yes, soy wax may be the better alternative. It's inconclusive, the research, but what matters is the fragrance. Okay. So a lot of companies are using essential oils with the notion that they're healthier for you because they come from a natural source, but they can actually be very toxic if you're burning them. Okay. So what's important is that you use fragrances that are maybe infused with non-toxic essential oils. But what's more important is using fragrances that are phthalate-free, paraben-free, free from carcinogens, free from toxins, um, especially phthalates. Okay. Um, so 
phthalates in specific have been banned in children's toys in 2008. Um, they've been linked to a varying degree of detrimental health issues. Um, a lot of federal agencies have brought light to it and are trying to study the effects of phthalates. So we've dedicated ourselves to making sure that every fragrance we use is phthalate-free and free of carcinogens and toxins and all that type of stuff. This is fantastic. So what are some of the um, opportunities in the fragrances? So when somebody uh, smells a candle from Holorosis, what uh, will come to mind? Are they floral? Are they so citrusy? Have, are they, what are they? Varying degrees of scents. Okay. We go from sweet to floral to fresh to even masculine scents. Um, we really try to diversify the line. Um, we try to come up with new scents all the time so people don't get bored. Um, people like to smell new things. So we pretty much have everything for whatever your smell palette is and what you desire to have in your home. Um, I know some people will burn lemon in their kitchen and will burn uh, something else in their bathroom because lemon is fresh and they want to keep it in their kitchen. <laughs> that makes sense to me. Absolutely. And you've had some success with your candle line already. Like people are, you know, asking you to private label things with them and collaborate with them. So I see that you have an MTV right. candle. So. so MTV reached out to us um, and we were, we did a custom candle for them for their celebrity gift bag for the movie awards. Um, and then we've also had a few other high profile uh, actors and actresses reach out to us interested in the product and promoting the product for us and uh, collaborating with us in some way. So my daughter, um, I was mentioning to you before, is an artist and uh, she's all, all into sustainability and things like that. And I think it's wonderful that you're a champion for that, that you are the person that decided, you know what? Yeah, I love candles, but there's got to be a better way. Right. And there's a lot of companies on the market that try to be clean and they try to be sustainable, but they don't hit the mark when it comes to scent throw. And people really buy candles because they want them to scent, to smell, make the whole room smell. Um, and soy wax, many times it's difficult to work with. Okay. So you won't be able to get that scent throw. So we spent a whole year developing our formula and perfecting it before even releasing it to the market to make sure that the burn time is long and that the scent throw is still there. And Joanna, can you hand me yours, the one that you had lit before? Sure. Um, I just want to show our audience the fact that, okay, so obviously this was a lit candle, and you can see there's none of the uh, black uh, soot. And this is delightful. What scent sure. is this? And this is fully finished. I think that's wow. This is also fully finished. So Really nice. Joanna, that's beautiful. Oh, and look at this. Clean. This is cl this is so clean. This is so clean you can almost drink out of it. I would suggest <laughs> it, but it's really clean. Wow! Congratulations to you as an entrepreneur. Thank you. Thank you. So now you have a wonderful, thriving business. You're doing something great for the community, um, and congratulations! I'm, I'm super happy for you. And where can someone get this? Is it at a boutique? Can you buy it online? So um, we're on our own website, www.halorosis.com. Okay. Amazon.com, Walmart.com. Um, and we're actually in the midst of opening our first location. Um, we're not releasing the details yet, okay. but we will. So follow us on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter to get the latest updates on when we will be launching our first retail space and all the new products that are to come out soon. And Hellerosis has an empowering, uh, you know, meaning behind it. And what does that mean so for it actually, people that don't know? Yeah, it's the Greek word for relaxation. Um, which is what we try to encompass in the whole brand. And we're in the midst of actually developing other home fragrance products as well that are going to stay with that sustainability clean movement that we're trying to achieve. Thank you so much for being my guest. I am enthralled with this brand. I mean, I absolutely love it from the moment that Joanna and I first spoke about it. It's just fabulous. And please, you know, buy a candle, buy two, buy three. The holidays are coming up and I think this might be your go-to gift. 
now is Kimberly Meredith. Welcome to the show, Kimberly. How are you? Great. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. We were joking a little bit before about the fact that energy likes to use uh, technical things, lights and cameras and things like that, in order to communicate spirit with us. At least that's how they most frequently appear to me. You are a medical intuitive. You believe in both types of medicine, all types of healing. Um, And now you've written a book called Awakening the Fifth Dimension. Awakening to Fifth Dimension, Discovering Your Soul's Path to Healing. Yes. Louise Hayes uh, and several other people, and I know uh, Norman Shealy, who I've had on my show before. Uh, so Norman thinks good things about you, and that must have felt incredible. Tell us about your personal journey so far. Yeah, I was tested with Dr. Norm Shealy. Um, we did 18 different patients over in his institute in Missouri, and it was really exciting. Um, you know, he's really tough, and uh, I did my scanning through every single different client that he had there, and uh, he wrote the forward to my book, and um, one of the patients uh, I have in my epilogue um, had a lymph node on the side of her neck, and I knew um, where it was lodged and what kind it was uh, through my blinking. Uh, my eyes blink in different codes. This is how my mediumship comes to me with my eyes. And uh, in order for him to make sure that I am the real deal, because not only am I a medical intuitive, I'm a healer, and he tested the energy coming through my hands. So uh, what happened was I admitted the energy healing, which is through the divine uh, spirit, God, um, through my hands. I, we all decided to pray, uh, I am love, I am light, because I believe through healing and prayer, we can dismiss anything out of the body. And I did that energy healing, and he, we actually filmed it, and we tested it, and then it flew out of her body, the tumor. And he came over, and he put his finger on it, and it was gone. And this is something that's been going on with me and my energy healing for about uh, seven years now. I know you had a near-death experience, um, and you were also in a wheelchair for a while, and you you said in and out of the wheelchair, and you've had some miraculous healing. I was once in the hospital, uh, Kimberly, with uh, an eptopic pregnancy that was ready to burst, and they were putting me through emergency surgery. I don't think I've ever shared this story on my show in the 13 years I've had it, but I looked up at the hospital curtain and there was like a little silver dangling part of the curtain, like a hook. And I said to myself, I said, okay, I'm just going to pray. And I said, dear God, if it is your will to just dissolve this situation and so I don't have to go into surgery, could you please give me a sign? Could you make that little silver thing wiggle? And the silver thing wiggled. And within maybe an hour, they came back to check on me and they were doing all the tests and they're like, they're like, we've never seen this happen before. They sent me home and told me to take two aspirin. True story. True story. So I believe in what it is that you're sharing with our audience because I've seen it in my own journey. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah, those are your angels. Those are your guides. It's the Holy Spirit. And um, that's just beautiful. I'm so glad you shared that with me and everybody. In my book, I have an appendix of several miracle stories, and these are not just 
um, something that I do. These are stories that are coming out across the whole entire globe. Um, the spirit of the divine, God is love, and God is universal for all of us in many shapes and forms of love and light. And so after my near-death experience, um, which I had a horrible, horrible um I was hit by, I was hit on foot as a pedestrian and went into the hospital and was saved by the spirit. And then my, my gifts came out of me being a healer in a channel. And, um, now this is what I do. And so when I talk about going into the fifth dimension, that is leaving the third dimensional world, which is right now we're in a lot of disease and fear and disruption in our body. And we can take vitamins and supplements and, you know, I do work with the medical community, but I also try to help people raise their vibrations um, spiritually. Because if you can raise joy, right, you can raise healing. Yeah, and that's in the dimension. And I teach people how through uh, meditation and through, um, in the book, I talk a lot about um, water, too, and other ways to boost your immune system. I'm excited to meet you. I was a little um, cautious because when I'm, because as I shared, like I have gifts, some, some gifts, I just, I use them on the platform for when I'm interviewing people. And sometimes my intuition will come through and, you know, I just interviewed somebody with truffle shuffle and we were talking about the truffle shuffle dance. And then he shows me a picture behind him that happens to be from that movie Goonies. And I was like, sometimes you just can't make this stuff up, Kimberly. At what age, because I'm sure you were on a path way before you had the life altering experience. Am I correct? Did you know, like from a young age, like maybe the age of 12, that maybe you were a little unique? Yes. I've always known I was different. Um, <laughs> um, I mean, I didn't know I was really different, but people were telling me I was different. Um, I just was me being me. I, I just knew because <laughs> I was told to stop blinking and I was, you know, just, I always was told that, you know, I was different, you know, so like even in school, people didn't want to, you know, touch my hands, you know, cause my hands are, you know, I have a lot of lines and they're, they were different and I always wanted to help. I was overly like trying to help and being, I was the sensitive, like now people are called the sensitives, you know, the empaths. <laughs> and, you know, there's like a word going around called star seeds and crystals, you know, kids. That was me. And um, I was dyslexic and um, teased and bullied. And I think people like that are, you know, they do have certain types of gifts. Um, I was doing things that were really strange. Like I was laying hands on animals and my, my grandma was like, what are you doing? And the bird, I write about it in the book and people are like, wow. But like my clients, I have hundreds of clients that bring their animals to me. They do get better after I pray on them. <laughs> and, and you know, and it, it does work and people believe now in Reiki and they believe in like, you know, like all kinds of different things that are all energy. Can you do me a favor? I'm going to put my hand up to the camera and can you do the same for me? Okay. So I, I see what you're, I see what you're saying. You know what I mean? Put it like in your front of your face, Kimberly. There you go. Put your hand in front of your face. There you go. So sometimes in life, right? 
um, you do, you look and maybe, you know, maybe there's a hand reader or a palm reader or something like that. I always look at all the lines on my hand and I keep always asking, well, do I not get it right? How come God chooses me to be reincarnated over and over and over and over again? And when am I going to actually get to like leap? You know, you just never know. But it was certainly fun to have this like open dialogue with you to just talk about uh, your uniqueness. Yeah, so that's really neat, Donna, because I, I I feel like the guides wanted me to write this not for anything to do with me. They, I work for God. I work for the Holy Spirit. I'm here forever how long just to help others, especially now what's happening, to raise people's consciousness, to raise our soul contracts, to us to understand we're here to serve others, whatever we do every day. It's to do self-care, of course, but also in that self-care is helping others, raising our consciousness, raising the awareness of the planet. I'm a really big environmentalist. And as we raise our soul consciousness, we're raising the vibration of our world and we're raising the love here. And this is so important. Thank you so much. It was such a joy to have you on the show and continued success on your journey. Thank you. And the book right now is out. It's on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, and you can get it on my website, thehealingtrilogy.com. Wonderful. Thank you so much. It was nice to see you, Kimberly. Thank you so much, Donna. Thank you. And I'm going to put all the angels now to just say thank you. Thank you for letting us get through the segment. Okay. Be well. Bye-bye. Bye. This is Donna Drake. Happy journeys. We would like to thank you for joining us on The Donna Drake Show. We can't wait for you to tune in for the next episode. In the meantime, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thanks again. And until next time, remember to live it up with Donna Drake.